<clears throat> the whole history of salvation, which we have begun as we reflected on the book of Genesis from the calling of Abraham, faith, to the, uh, the special intervention of God on behalf of the people of Israel in Egypt. It is the whole history of how God wants to free us. God wants to save us. God wants to redeem us. God wants to reconcile us with himself, with each other. It is God who wants to justify us for the things that we have done wrong. So it is God, always God, who wants to do something special for us. But we, in many ways, don't really exactly hear. We, in many ways, we don't really fully understand. We don't grasp things like even today, the disciples, you know, who are hungry and eating something on Sabbath, you know, picking off the heads of grain in the fields. Of course, that is contrary to the laws of the Sabbath. But when we see what God is doing and what God has done and God, what God is still wishing to do for us, we have to enter into sort of the mind and heart of God because he loves us. He wants to take care of us. This is what he does. And so when you look at the Old Testament today, what did it take for the Lord to free the, 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 the people of Israel from the bondage of Egypt? fear than want to let them go. They're powerful, they're laborers, you know, they are laborers. He wants to build cities, he wants to build fortresses, he needs brick, a mortar, he needs these things for, to construct. He will be famous for that. Ramses was famous for building up great cities, but he needed labor, he needed people. And he's got people who, yes, they multiply and then he, they, they, he considered them to be dangerous for his, for his country because they're not Egyptians. And yet he wants to utilize them, use them for his own needs, political accomplishments, for his greatness, for his name. He wants to use them so he won't let them go. And today, when, uh, when we hear of that first reading of that Passover, the first Passover meal, the Lord gives them the, the, the greatest gift, and that is a special protection when he, on the other hand, uh, uh, through, through his own power, uh, the gives gives the the, uh, the Egyptians the consequences of their sin, the consequences which they have to experience the death of the first first firstborn of the Egyptians. And here we have is how God, out of love for His people, wants to protect them, and the way He protects them is through the blood of the Lamb innocent lamb, marking the, on the lintel the sign that God is protecting them in a special way. You know, how does God manifest his love and his protection for us through signs, through things that we see which are visible? So this, this Old Testament uh, reference here to the Passover is actually God's merciful protection that he gives to his people. You know, as you know, the, the Egyptians, they wanted them to grow, so they were throwing the first, or killing the firstborn of the, of, the, of the people of God. They didn't want them to grow. 
And so the consequences of that sin is they also lost their loved ones, the firstborn. But I'd wish to underscore the element here of what God is doing. God is protecting his people and he marks the lintel on their doorpost, the, the, the sign that God protects that place by the blood of the lamb. We have the Eucharist here that we celebrate, the blood of the lamb, but in this case, the blood of the lamb of the son of God, the blood of the lamb of the son of God who is protecting us from the consequences of sin, from the consequences of evil, the blood of the lamb, this is why the Eucharist is re-entering again into that historical prefiguration, what took place at the Last Supper, I mean, at the, at the Passover Supper, and then becomes a reality for us in the Last Supper, which we celebrate. How else does God protect us? Yes, absolutely, by the gift of His Son, by His death, by the blood of the Lamb, which we, we uh, partake of, but also the precious blood of the Lamb that protects us from the consequences of evil, which we ourselves participate in by our lack of faith, by lack of love, by lack of hope, by, by removing God from the very heart of us, of humanity. We do so. so. So here it is, God's response is bringing us back by giving us something extraordinary, and that's bringing, giving us the extraordinary gift of His Son. <clears throat> today, what the Lord is doing uh, with his disciples and Pharisees is that he reminds them of something which they themselves got lost. For them, yes, the temple and worship was very important. The Sabbath was very important because what it spoke is that they were faithful to God, the fidelity to God. But what Jesus says to the Pharisees today, he says, there's something greater here. There's something greater. Yes, God gave you the law, but what you're missing is that when God himself comes into your midst, you miss him. You don't see him. You don't see it. You're focused on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the elements of the law, but you miss the Lord of the law itself, the God himself. And this is when the Lord says, he says, you know, there's something greater here than a temple. If you only knew what this means, what is meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. If you only could realize that God wants something for us, and that is his love and mercy as the greatest gift that he can give us. And he gives this gift through his son, his mercy, love and mercy itself. God is giving us, God the Father is giving us his son to recognize that. And so therefore everything else is rearranged. Once we have God with us, we look at, you know, the incarnate Lord, whose love and mercy becomes incarnate and is given to us, then we see everything from that perspective. It's no longer legalism which we are to observe, but it's that, you know, personal presence of God which we wish to incarnate but also we wish to communicate, we wish to share with others, to be Christ for others, to be God for others, to be a sign of, of, of love or mercy. And that is what the Lord wishes and desires for us. He has come to free us from sin so that we may become more God-like. He has come to free us from the slavery of trappings which we 
often make with the three ideologies or beliefs or customs sometimes which are not Christian at all, not Judeo-Christian, and we, we support and we fight for, but that's kind of missing the point. That's missing the point. <coughs> so therefore the Lord is, is inviting us to enter into that deeper, deepest form of communion with him. And part of entering into that communion is the gift of Our Lady, the mother of the Son of God. She's the one who plays this very important special role in the mission of salvation, in the mission of freeing and redeeming human race. And she welcomes the word of God with freedom. She wants to cooperate. Yes, she is the one who received that special message from the Archangel Gabriel, but she hears the message and she welcomes it. And this is why in the early church, St. Augustine's another used to speak of Mary, that she received the word of God in her heart first before she gave birth to him. She welcomed him. And so how does God give us these gifts through his, through his son? But his son came into the world through Our Lady. She's the one who said yes first, and she's the one who is, is able to help us by encouraging us to always say yes to God, yes to him, no matter what, no matter what conditions. You know, let it be done to me according to your word. This type of welcoming God, you know, allowing God to become part of our family, part of our life, which means we have to rearrange things because if God is with us, then we can't do certain things. If God is with us and if we wish to live according to his ways, then we may have to change. We have to bring forth a type of changes in our customs, in our family. Priorities have to be arranged, everything else. But, but, Mary, <clears throat> but Mary is the one who can show us the way and she will, she will do so. One of the things that we speak of today is Our Lady's role in the salvation history in a special way through her um, gift of scapular. Today we uh, commemorate Our Lady of Mount Carmel and, and her special revelation to Simon Stock and her role in the gift of scapular. And, and we have to say is that what did she reveal? What did she reveal in, in this 1251, 1251, July 16th, which we go, and if we were to do calculation, it would be 750 plus 20. So we, uh, it would be 770, 770 years ago. So what did she say to, to Simon Stock when she revealed the gift of scapula? Receive my beloved son, this habit of your order. This shall, be the, this shall be to you and to all Carmelites a privilege that whosoever dies clothed in this, in this shall never suffer eternal life. It shall be a sign of salvation, a protection in danger, and a pledge of peace. See, this is how God works. God works. He gives us the Eucharist. He gives us his word. He gives us Our Lady, and then even special things like wearing the habit of Our Lady, because he wants, he wants us to receive those gifts. And so what we have here is not only the, um, 
the promise that Our Lady gives, that shall be to you and to all comrades a privilege. Whatsoever, whoever, whosoever dies clothing this shall never suffer eternal fire. It shall be a sign of salvation, a protection in danger, and a pledge of peace. How many people wear the, the scapular? Obviously, it is not magic, because it's not magical, it's faith. What this piece of cloth do to us? Not do anything, but is blessed, becomes sacramental, becomes a special gift of, of grace that God gives to us. Many people can't wear a wool because it's kind of scratches and itches. But so the Lord gave us metal. They can wear metal. And, you know, it may be more appropriate for some. And, and, and so that's, that's another one. But then John the 22nd, because, you know, we have Pope John the 23rd. We all know him. He's a saint now. But the Pope John the 22nd, uh, who, who lived on, during the time <clears throat> of the revelation of this, uh, this uh, scapular. This, this pope received special message in a vision concerning those who wear the bronze scapular. <clears throat> and Our Lady said to him in that vision, I, the mother of grace, shall descend on, on the Saturday after their death and whomsoever I shall find in purgatory, I shall free so that I may lead them to the holy mountain of life everlasting. This is known as the Sabbatine privilege that uh, many whom remember or may know. That is an interesting promise that, that Our Lady will rescue those who have died, not completely ready to die. As you know, the, the gift of purgatory is because we're not exactly prepared to die. We're not exactly in a state completely of grace because there's always something with us. We're not talking about mortal sin, but there's lots of things in us which are not exactly of God. And so the Lord has to allow us to go through the, through the gift of purification because that's his gift of mercy, that he will still, even if we're not exactly there, He'll grant us the grace. And so we have the gift of purgatory. But here, the Sabbatine privilege, as it's known, that Our Lady says, I'll go and rescue those. So I will make up through my intercession for that which they need, which they lack. And so it is a, it's a powerful, powerful promise. Now, <clears throat> Pope, uh, Pope Pius XII said the scapular is a practice of piety. Uh, which is by its very simplicity is suited to everyone and has spread widely among the faithful of Christ to their spiritual benefit. So the Pope basically says, look, it's such a simple thing. Everybody can wear one. You don't have to do some extraordinary thing. You know, pick up, up pick one up, have it blessed, imposed on you, and you have it. It's a little extra, extra gift that God gives. And then, and then also Pope Paul VI in a saint, he says that the faithful hold in high esteem the practice and devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the rosary and the scapular of, of Mount Carmel. And in other place, he also spoke of being so highly recommended by illustrious predecessors. So <clears throat> whether the spiritual benefits of the scapular, just wearing it, observing the chastity according to your state of life, praying the rosary, 
and then allowing God to take care of us through the gift of Our Lady. What is the role of Our Lady? She reminds us of who the Lord is. She takes us to her son. She um, helps us, especially if we're in great need of forgetfulness or sinfulness. She continues to, to pray. How many people have received incredible gifts by just wearing the scapular or maybe the miraculous medal or, or whatever else that they were able to, to have a statue of Our Lady, all the practices we have. You know, we're not idolatrous when we have a statue. We're not idolatrous when we are scapular because it's a, it's a sign of something greater. And that's the greater is, is it points us to God, to Our Lady's grace that she received for us. So maybe then today, as we look at how God throughout history, human history, how he intervened and what he does for us. And how he wants us to free us from the slavery of sin, how he wants to prepare us for eternity, how he gave us his son, who is the very power and love of the Father for us. He's the one. And how he gives us his mother, the mother that gave him life, that brought him into this world, the mother that is also the mother of, of us all. Jesus gave us, uh, gave her to us as our mother and that she's with us. And so how can we not be very happy to have all these things that come from God because he cares for us and he wants us to be with him. May we then cooperate with the grace. We always strive, even if we're not able to say yes immediately, we can pray, Lord, help me to say yes. Lord, help me to rearrange my life so that I may truly praise and honor you. Lord, help me to welcome into my heart that gift of yourself that I may always look forward and have confidence in you that one day that I will share glory in paradise. And because that's, that's the goal of our faith, that's the goal of our church. Everything is used, is, is a means for us to be united with God. In humility and in confidence, let us always thank the Lord for everything that he gives us until one day we shall share his joys in the kingdom. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.